Welcome to the Nutrition-ish Podcast, the place for all things nutrition and mindfulness. We are passionate about guiding you to make peace with food and empower your body and brain. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Hobson. I'm an NTP, Nutritional Therapy Practitioner in San Diego. I work with individuals to assess personal nutritional deficiencies and imbalances by addressing the root cause of any health issue. In my private practice, I focus on women's hormones, gut health, and thyroid dysfunction. Let's meet my co-host. I'm Chelsea Gross, a certified transformational nutrition coach based in Los Angeles. I work one-on-one with women who are ready to break free from dieting, make peace with food, and create a life they love filled with energy, self-love, and freedom from rules and obsession. I'm also the creator of the ebook, Break Free from Disordered Eating. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is intended to be informative and entertaining and should not replace medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. We are so excited you're here. Let's get to the episode. You're listening to episode 53 of the Nutrition-ish podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we have another amazing interview. It's me, Chelsea Solo again. But I'm so excited because I have such a great guest today. We have Alyssa Tassoni from Spinach for Breakfast. And her and I connected a couple months ago because we actually have so much in common, as you guys will hear from listening to her story and her journey from Lyme, gut issues, also past of dieting and disordered eating, and even a journey to self-love and spirituality and just acceptance. So I'm so excited to dig in with her today. So I'll go ahead and introduce her. Alyssa is the 28-year-old co-founder of the blog Spinach for Breakfast with her sister Maria. She incorporates a mind, body, and soul approach to heal from years of disordered eating, yo-yo dieting, and her newly found diagnosis of Lyme disease, SIBO, and other gut-related issues. Throughout her years as an NFL cheerleader to moving to New York City to grow her career with a powerhouse real estate developer, she learned that self-love is first and foremost her foundation to healing. She recognizes that healing is a journey and a different path for everyone and hopes to share pieces of her own personal journey. Sorry. (laughs) She hopes and hopes sharing pieces of her own personal journey can help others who are looking to find their way. Love that. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Chelsea. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here with you. Me too. And you're cold in New York right now? Yes, it's freezing. Um, But... I'm hoping to get out of here soon and visit Florida because I honestly find sun being the most healing thing. <laughs> it is so healing. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to talk to you today. Um, why don't we start by you just telling me a little bit about your story and kind of what got you where you are today? Yeah. So, well, you said a lot of in the introduction, but I can expand. So, Um, I'm 28. I live in New York City. Um, I moved here about seven years ago to start my career in real estate. Um, So I work for an amazing real estate developer on the residential side, and um, I really do love pursuing my career. But um, with that, I also started the blog Spinach for Breakfast about five years ago with my sister. Um, We found this like newfound health and wellness journey when we both moved to New York. And um, we wanted to put together a bunch of simple and easy, clean recipes that we could share with like our friends and our community. So we created the blog Spinach for Breakfast, which we then now have expanded into more of just a healthy lifestyle platform where we share everything from fitness tips and wellness and spirituality and mindfulness. And she's a newfound mom. So we share a lot on, um, you know, being a mother and feeding therapy and whatnot. So... Um, that's sort of the career life. And I split my time between, you know, the real estate development side, and then also running my blog with my sister. Um, And then about a year ago, I was diagnosed with, like, you're very familiar with Lyme disease, SIBO, candida, parasites, like you name it. Um, And it was at an interesting time in my life, because um, previously to that, I was a cheerleader in, in the NFL. So Um, I had years of yo-yo dieting and disordered eating and a lot of issues with um, 
my body image and self-love and from cheerleading it took me many years to discover spiritual practice where um I really needed to dive in deep to find the root cause of why I had these disordered eating eating patterns and why I didn't have the self-love that maybe like I see that my friends have. Um, so through the spiritual practice, then I found that I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. So it was really like the ultimate test for me to have to put that all into work and um, really dive deep into the um, a deeper way to heal from not just, you know, the foods that I'm eating or the medicine and the herbals that I'm taking, but really like that root deep cause to what's happening. Um, so it's been a really interesting journey I've had over the past few years. And um, I've been opening it up, opening up, opening up a lot more to our spinach for breakfast community. And um, they've been so great. Our followers are the best and they're so supportive. They're so sweet and kind. And they write me the like kindest messages. Um, so many people are going through the same things that we are, Charles, of like, you know, as you know, like gut issues, bloating, SIBO, it's just such a common topic nowadays. So um, I've really been loving able, like being able to learn more about it and just diving into um, my own journey and experience with it and sharing it with um, our community. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, I certainly relate to that. And as much as it's a challenge and so difficult to be diagnosed with something and deal with all these health issues and the bloating and the gut stuff, it is a blessing that we have communities to connect to. And I feel like it helps me so much with the healing process to be able to not only talk about it, but then connect with people. I mean, that's how you and I met, mm -hmm. is because we had these commonalities in our stories and our health issues. And it just I think it's so therapeutic to feel like you're not alone and like crucial to heal. Yeah, it's so true. I get so many messages from that of like girls just being like, thank you for just knowing that I'm not alone in this. Yeah. And yeah. So honestly, it's been one of like a really instrumental part of my healing journey is just connecting with our community and others and you. And like, like I said, and um, so it's been so helpful. Awesome. Well, I want to dig into more of the health stuff and kind of how you've gotten to this place of more like acceptance and love with your, with your health issues in a bit, but let's go back a little bit. I'd love to hear, cause I think it's pretty unique, your journey with being an NFL cheerleader and kind of that experience. I know you were really young when that, um, when you were doing that. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and some of the maybe highs and lows of that experience for you? Yeah. So, um, I grew up dancing. Um, so dancing was always a huge passion of mine, especially performing. Um, so when I turned 18, I was graduating high school and, um, starting college and I wanted to continue dancing. So I tried out, um, to be an NFL cheerleader and I made the team. I was actually the youngest on the team. So it was a good blessing. And, um, also, um, difficult at the same time because I was the baby. So I kind of grew up fast. Um, I was like a little sponge that just like soaked up everything from the older girls, but they were so wonderful. They like totally took me under their wing. Um, so yeah, so I started cheering, um, in the NFL throughout college and amazing, amazing experience. Like it has totally shaped me in who I am today in so many positive ways. Um, but there are also a lot of struggles that came with it too. Um, it was the first time that I ever really thought of my weight. And it was the first time I actually even ever had to step on the scale and know what my weight was. And I remember the first time that I was weighed because it was a common thing that we were continued, continually, continually had to be weighed um, to make sure that we kept a certain physical appearance. Um, I wasn't even really sure what the number should even be on the scale. Um, I just knew I wanted it to be really low. And that's where sort of this disordered eating body image started to um, take a toll on me because it was for the first time that um, I put my self-worth in my appearance. And I was so became like obsessed about how much I weighed and how I looked. And when I did a kick on the field, you do you see a roll, you know? And then there are many times where we were being photographed and we would go through photos. And if you did have a roll, you know, you were, it was pointed out to you that you did. So um, it was a really interesting time in my life. And because I was so young, I was again, like kind of soaking it all up. 
And um, so again, a lot of highs of being able to perform, having this sisterhood of amazing friends, but also a lot of lows of like starting to develop this disordered way of thinking about my body, putting my self-worth into my appearance, into my ex exterior of how I looked versus anything at the time. I didn't know at all about anything on the inside or um, inner beauty or whatnot. So I was very much just kind of like, going through life with what I was seeing in my um, surrounding environment. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly sounds intense. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader making the team. Yeah, I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> they have like 10 seasons. And but I it's think so true. Cool. I mean, it and was I like, just, yeah. yeah I, I mean, seeing exactly what you're talking about, the photo shoots, I think for like the calendar or whatever, or no, just your main, like, cheerleader. I don't know what you call mm -hmm. it. Exactly. Yeah, like the calendar. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the calendar, but don't you just do, like, regular, or for the team, team photo. Yeah, 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 the team yeah. photo, yeah. And um, the two, like, heads of the team, pit, like, picking apart and even people's physique or how they looked in the uniform or how their body looked was a deterrent to making the team or not, just simply, like, aesthetically how they looked. And yeah, it's just... I, I get it that that's the mm -hmm. job, but it's, right. I was, mm -hmm. it's just, it's very, it sounds like a very intense process to go through. And I don't know how you could come out of a situa situation like that without a hyper focus on your body and what you look like and your weight and becoming like pretty obsessed or just even confused, like how to feel good about yourself when you're that judged and it's focused yeah. that much on your it's body. So yeah, it's so true. And it's hard because it's like, you know, it's the NFL and it's glitz and it's glam and it's so huge. And it's to be a part of that, like, I get that, of course, you know, there is a certain look, like we get it in a sense of where they're coming from, but it's also, um, there's like healthy and unhealthy ways to go about it. And I think it's sometimes it's just when you're under the pressure, it's like to the point of, you know, you can fit into the uniform and you can cheerlead in that game or you didn't make weight and you can't. So, um, yeah, you become hyper-focused and it sticks with you, especially afterwards when you're not cheering and then you're like, okay, now what, you know, what is my mm -hmm. identity now? How much am I supposed to weigh now that I'm not an NFL cheerleader, but I still want to maintain that weight because I have so much of myself worth in that number. Um, exactly. Yeah. There's this great quote, I think I posted somewhat recently that I was like, ah, it's so true. And it can pertain to other things in your weight, but particularly with your weight, don't, it's don't put your self-worth into something that fluctuates. Mm, I love that. And I feel like we all do that with our mm -hmm. weight. And I talk about this so much with my clients and just, you know, on my social media with my community and, you know, weighing yourself, it's a clear <laughs> definitive thing to telling you like you're either good enough or you're not just based on that number that you see on the scale and like how sad it is that that's the main thing that we feel good about ourselves for if that's lower than we think it is we feel better about ourselves and yeah it's it's a learned habit too especially if you went through such an intense um like process as you did with being an NFL cheerleader but just any woman who's struggled mm -hmm. with their weight or has had a weight loss journey or made to feel good enough about herself. I mean, with my story, it was like in college when I lost a lot of weight and I like had all these friends and I had my first real boyfriend and I just, I was in a sorority and I kind of thought, well, this is the answer. Like just lose the weight and all these things will come to you. And then when I started gaining weight, I was like confused and I'd lost my identity and my self-worth. And it's like, if you've never had that, how do you, how do you find it again? Or how do you rebuild it? So what kind of was the process for you of leaving that job and kind of transitioning back into a regular life? Um, like how hard was that for you yeah. with your body too? Yeah. Um, it wasn't easy. And I don't think at the time I realized like how much I really was struggling until now that I look back. Um, but it's really when I started to develop like these kind of disordered eating habits of counting calories. And, um, you know, I 
you know, the 1200 mark that we like all know, I would not try and like eat a, ca um, a calorie over 1200. It was like a good day if I ate like 900 calories, I was starving myself. Um, and obviously that's not sustainable. So then, you know, Friday comes around and I'm like, oh, Alyssa, you just, you just, you were so good all week. You're just going to deserve to have Froyo. And then um, I would eat until I got sick. And then I, you know, it was this continued cycle of like, oh, now I'm like such a horrible person. I'm like, hate myself for eating so much. Now I'm going to starve myself. And um, I continued it for years and years. And it was like almost something that I could control. And it was really because I was so unhappy inside. And I didn't know, um, I didn't have any like practice or any foundation to to have an outlet of anything other than obsess over my appearance and my, I, my body and my weight. Um, so yeah, it was like years of kind of just being this like young lost girl in New York, you know, developing her career in real estate, which is such a blessing that I did find this, um, amazing career cause it kept me really busy, um, and focused. But, um, thankfully from there, I, did find a group of women who um, were older mentors to me and so supportive and, and introduced me to more of a spiritual outlook on things. So then I started to do the inner work and the, um, ask the questions of, um, you know, why do I have these behaviors, um, disordered eating patterns, and where did they stem from? And um, it took me to the point of that, like breaking point of like, I need to change this, I can't take it anymore to really um, get on the path to, to changing it into um, to healing. But um, yeah, it was, it's, it was a journey for sure. But um, one that I can look back and see so clearly and be like really grateful for it. Yeah, absolutely. And it is so hard. It, it's easy. It's not easy, but it's easier now to look back and see maybe like the the restriction was what was causing the binging or just the deeper lack of self-worth What was, was what was causing the disordered eating and the dieting and the drive to weigh less and all of that in the first place. But when you were actually going through all that stuff, did you have any awareness around why? Like, were you able to kind of connect the dots at all to like, okay, I'm trying to hit this amount of calories and I'm severely restricting. Like, did you even have awareness that you were under eating or was it like, that's what you felt like you should do? At the time, no, I had, I had no idea. I just was so um, fixated that if I hit, was a certain weight or looked a certain way that I would be happy. And I didn't even know at the time I wasn't unhappy. Um, but it was almost like, you know, then the guy would like me. And then, cause when I moved to New York, then it was like, I was dating a lot more and I was kind of, I was in like the social scene of New York. So I was, you know, I wasn't, the pressures of cheerleading in college anymore, but it was the pressures of living in Manhattan and that scene, which is almost like, if not, you know, the same, if not worse. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I put so much pressure on myself to be perfect, which I always have, but, you know, it, as I got older and had more access to other things, it would, it almost um, expanded that. But, um, no, I didn't realize at the time that I was even going through any of this. I was just really fixated on wanting to look and be the certain way. Like, I remember I, I knew I started to be like, okay, I'm a little crazy, Alyssa. When I knew, like, every guy I dated or, like, trip I went on, I knew exactly how much I weighed. Like I could be like, oh, I dated that person. I weighed, a, I weighed that much when I dated that person. Then I weighed that much when I dated that person. And it honestly was between like two or three pounds, but mm -hmm. I knew it. Like it, it sounds so crazy saying it now, but it like meant a lot to me. And if ever I went on like a trip with my friends to Florida or Miami or Vegas, like I would not get on that plane unless I was like, you know, that number. Um, and I would start myself the whole week before until I made it. Um, and there was, I was just a prisoner and it was like, you know, it's horrible. And it's, I look back and I like feel so sorry for that girl. <laughs> um, cause she was, she was struggling so much, but, um, I'm also so thankful for it. And I know that's a little cliche to say, but I really am because I feel like now I can just like tell my story and help so many other women who might be going through it too, or, 
um, not have had the um, support or the access that I had at the time to kind of get out of it. Um, and yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I'm so grateful for my journey too, because it brought me to a place of finally like sitting down with myself and like working through things and doing the deeper work. And I don't think that that would have happened without health issues and like my past of disordered eating and everything. Like it has to get to a breaking point before you actually start working through things. And so it's like, what I always say is things don't happen to us, they happen for us. And so unfortunately, like we have to go through all this like stuff that's so hard and challenging, but like if it can get us on the other side, like it can help us open our, it can help to open our eyes to things that like, had we not gone through struggles, we never would have confronted and worked through. Mm -hmm. And so like, we may not see it now. And I know a lot of people listening are probably like in the middle of either a struggle with food in their body or health issues or anything really. Like you feel like you're very much in the thick of it and it's hard to see the light, but it's like, we all still have like a lot of life ahead of us. And like, life is too short to really like to just accept your struggles, like for what they are, like it can always get better. And it very much starts with your mindset and your relationship to either your health issues or to your body or to food. And people don't realize that like they so often just try to fix things with like suppressing it or covering up with another diet or with, you know, trying to achieve more weight loss or whatever it is. So I just, yeah, I think it's amazing that like you got to this place and like, you're able now to like start sharing your story more and because obviously it's going to help people. And even with what you just said, it's like, this may sound crazy. It was two or three pounds and I was obsessed. It's like, no, like a lot of women can, so many women can relate to that. And people need to hear like the ins and outs of different people's stories because everyone is different, but they're going to connect with like one piece of it. And like nothing you share sounds crazy to me. I did so many of these <laughs> things and like yeah. was so stuck in that cycle. And I'm only able to see it now looking back in retrospect. I had no idea what I even was doing. I, it felt like with my binging and stuff, like it felt very like wrong and shameful, but I still felt like, well, there's just something wrong with me. Yeah. Like, I didn't think I deserved help. Like I just thought, you know, something's just wrong with me that I can't get it together and like, right. I don't better willpower or whatever it is. And it's just all so backwards. So what kinds of things, I know you mentioned like, mentors and people helping you and supporting you and working through your mindset and with more of like a spiritual healing approach but were there any kind of like specific things that you started doing and I know you're like still working through stuff but was there any few things that you can share with people that you started doing to like bring yourself out of that like darker place with food in your body and like towards a better better relationship with it um yeah so it's interesting because I actually started working with my spiritual teachers at the time because I went through, um, I went through like a pretty bad breakup. So it's, un it's interesting because it was unrelated to the food behavior, but at the time, like I didn't realize it, but it was so connected. So, um, I started working, she was actually my boss at the time, um, but then she became one of my dearest friends and, um, she connected me to her spiritual teacher. So I started working with her and, helping me, um, with the root issue of when it comes down to it was just self-love, you know, just like, just getting to the grit of it, of like really just loving yourself because I didn't realize that I just didn't. And, um, I think a lot of it was putting my self-worth into, again, like my appearance, what people thought of me. And I'm a very much like a people pleaser. Um, and I never really asked myself those hard questions of like, what do I want? what makes me happy and um like really think about all the good things that I think about you know myself and my worth so um we did a lot of the deep work around self-love and um and from there it was just you know so connected to uh, my behaviors and my patterns with the food so you know on a Friday night if I went home and I was feeling like lonely because, or because I was like upset about a guy that ghosted me or whatnot. Um, I would want to just like sit at home again and I always ordered Froyo. So I'd want to order like Froyo and a cookie the size of my head. And um, we would really practice just feeling the emotions that was coming up in my body. So 
instead of just like it, like reacting and just having like the impulse of ordering the food, the second I felt this like discomfort, um, you know, I would really work and just sitting in the discomfort. And even if it was for like one minute and I just was like, sit there and feel it fully in my body, like down into my toes, like my tongue would actually be like salivating for the ice cream. But it was like slowly working and change and working on feeling what was arising in me and then almost like breathing and like letting it go. And a lot of times I would still order the ice cream, but eventually, you know, time after time after time, you know, I got to the point where I didn't need to, or those feelings didn't really come up and I wasn't really sitting at home feeling sorry. I was out with my girlfriends or taking a yoga class. Um, I've also found that kind of just like if you're stuck in a pattern, what helped me a lot too was just, just shifting it. Like, don't go home and sit on the couch if you know that's going to be what's going to ultimately have you order the food or eat or feel bad for yourself. Like make plans with friends or call a girlfriend or go for a walk with your dog or switch it up um, and take your mind off it helped also. Um, not saying you're not feeling the feelings because I don't want to be con contradicting what I'm saying, but um, it was kind of a balance between the two that really got me to the point where um, I started to free myself of those patterns of obsessing over the food. Um, and one more thing on that is also really just thinking how food is just food. Like food's not evil. Food's not the like boyfriend who dumped you. Food isn't the, you know, it isn't judging you. It's not, it's like just food. And to have that healthy relationship with food was really important for me to learn as well. So there's a lot of different aspects, yeah. but I love all of that so much. I'm nodding my head so much. Yes. <laughs> Especially with what you're saying with sitting in the discomfort. I mean, I feel like that is such a key because we hate as human beings to be in discomfort or be in pain or be uncomfortable which is discomfort, same word, different <laughs> way of saying it, um, that we'll do anything to avoid feeling mm -hmm. those things. So that's, that is why we develop these issues with food. And that's why we, you know, suppress our emotions with some other vice or distracting ourselves. That's why people are addicted even now to like social media and just like yeah. anything, you name it, like we're going to try it to anything to escape from having to feel what's actually going on. So I always tell people like feelings are feelings. Like they're coming up for a reason. You're not imagining them. They actually are existing in your body. And like, especially like anxiety and overwhelm, like that's like stuck energy. It's like, it's stagnant and it needs to be released. So you have to actually allow yourself to go through that discomfort. Like change happens when we get comfortable being uncomfortable, but there's so much fear about people going to that place that they just never let themselves go there. But if you want to heal anything, or if you want to break any sort of cycle or just process any deeper emotions, like you literally have to take that step and like kind of ripping off the bandaid and just like, I love just the way you broke it down gives everyone such a clear visual. It's like, okay, I would sit there and I would, you know, take a few breaths and I would give myself a minute. And I also love what you said about giving yourself the permission that like, okay, I'm going to do this, but if in a, in a minute or 10 minutes, however long I, I allow myself to sit in this discomfort, if I still want the froyo, then I'll let myself have the froyo. You know, it's not, yeah, it's not like black or white. And it's also not an overnight journey. Like we have to remember too, how long it took us to get here. You know, for so many women, like it's not just a few years, sometimes it's like a decade or two of being in a certain cycle with food in your body or your weight or your mindset around food. So it's acknowledging like how long it took you to get here and like giving your, treating yourself with grace and compassion to unwind that cycle. And I also love what you said about it. It's very much like a mindset and working through the emotions and developing the self-love, but it also is a lot of times like it is a habit and it is a pattern and like, it's okay to actually give yourself tools and tactics to like more logistically not go down that path that you're used to too. Like there's no shame in being like, you know, well, maybe like instead of having something sweet after dinner, like try tonight just having a cup of tea and just seeing if that helps you. If you have the tea and then you still want to go have, you know, the sweet treat that you're used to, then like have that and then you forgive yourself and you don't beat yourself up and you don't try to fix it and course correct like that whole cycle. 
but you know, it's like, we can, we can still have a positive relationship with food in our body and still use tools to, to assist us in like breaking those cycles that don't just have to do with mindset can be more like tangible things too. So I agree. Like it's a balance between the two. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, well, I, I just love like hearing you talk a little bit about what, so the spirituality, like in a spiritual teacher, like what kind of, is this a person, like what is kind of her, she do like Reiki or is it just like working with her, like talking almost like on mindset and like almost like therapy kind of, or what kind of thing is it really? Um, yeah. So I, I like call them my like board of directors. <laughs> They're just, there's a few women in my life. Like one, she's an amazing mentor for me for like my career. Um, one is more of kind of like I don't want to say therapist, but in a sense, I guess my like spiritual therapist, what we really talk about, um, a lot of the practices, like A Course in Miracles, Marianne Williamson, like obsessed. <laughs> um, so that's like a big foundation to a lot of like what I believe in and um, my, my kind of day-to-day practice. Um, and sorry, that was my phone. <laughs> that's okay. Um, and then I also love acupuncture. So I have an acupuncturist. I see him once a week. Um, and it really does play into um, kind of like my board of directors in the sense where that's almost like a time to myself of self-care where I can kind of like get in a meditative state and while I'm being um, cupped or needled and, you know, reflect or um, set intentions. And um, yeah, I just, I have just, I'm fortunate to have a lot of really amazing people in my life. And um, I love self-development and self-help. I like read all the books, (laughs) listen to all the podcasts. Um, I just like, it just like fuels my soul. I think it's so yummy and amazing to just want to like continue to grow and dive deeper into knowing who you are and like your passions and what, you know, just like drives you. Um, It's just, I love it. So I'm also a seeker in that too. So um yeah. Yeah, me too. I I love that. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I also <laughs> forgot my uh, my breathwork teacher. I love. She's a dear friend of mine as well. So we do awesome. um, we'll do like uh, meditation and breathwork together. So she taught me a lot of that as well. But so not cool. saying you need to have all of these people <laughs> in your life to get through this. This is just <laughs> my journey. But um, yeah. Yeah. No, when I when I first started working through a lot of like chronic pain and health issues, it was a long. It was around the same time that I went back to school for nutrition, and I was also starting to work through issues with food in my body. And I started working with a healer. Her name was Lotus, mm-hmm. and we did Reiki. And I would sit at her house. I don't know. She was so lovely. She would let me just sit there for literally like three to four hours sometimes, yeah. talking through stuff. And then we do Reiki session and all the essential oils and everything. And Mm -hmm. honestly, like that was the most life changing. I worked with her probably for, I think like two or two and a half years. And I credit that so much to, she opened my eyes to basically, yeah, like spirituality and connection and having a good relationship with your body while like in order to heal and like not hating your, your illness or your pain or your issues. Like really surrendering and treating yourself with like love and compassion and that you're not alone and there's nothing wrong with you. And so, yeah, I love all those, those great spiritual teachers. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta love them. (laughs) It's really at the end of the day, like we can, I think that they're just kind of helping show us the way. Um, but it's really us doing the work and us, you know, putting in the time and wanting it. Um, you can have as many spiritual or teachers or mentors in your life as you want, but it's you at the end of the day um, that's, you know, doing the work, holding holding yourself accountable, or um, that's really the one to, you know, put your trust in and because, you know, you do have to follow your intuition with these things too. Mm-hmm. And it's hard work. Like it's really yes, hard work. It is. Well, speaking of hard, I hate to like switch notes just because we're on it. We're high I high know. right now. But <laughs> we're, we're flying <laughs> high, girl. <laughs> I would love to hear a little bit about your story with your the health issues that you've been experiencing more lately. Lyme, gut issues, like kind of how did that all start? And as much as you can put it into a nutshell, like what has been your experience? Like how did you 
first start feeling like something was off and getting diagnosed with everything and kind of that whole, that whole part of your journey. Yeah. Um, so it was last, it was just last spring. Um, kind of like, yeah, like, er like late March, um, early April of 2018, I started to gain a lot of weight, like 10 to 12 pounds. Um, and from what I've already said, like you can imagine how much I was freaking out about that. <laughs> Low key freaking out. Um, so I just, I knew something was off in my body. So, um, I was working out a lot. I, you know, was eating healthy. Of course I have a health food blog. So I'm like, how is this happening? I have a health food blog and I know how to eat healthy and have a balanced life, but why can't, why am I gaining weight? Um, so, um, my first reaction was, okay, must be something that I'm eating or a diet that I'm on. So I started counting my macros and that didn't work. And then I started to, um, I actually then went keto and that for <laughs> me, was what made all of my symptoms come like full force. Um, keto didn't, and I was like full keto, like tested in ketosis. Um, and it just didn't work for me. Um, I became super bloated, like chronic, chronic bloating. I had crazy fatigue. Like I had to leave work sometimes in the middle of the day to like go home and take a nap. I was so fatigued, just again, puffy. I didn't even look like myself. I remember my sister being like, I was like walking around being like, that doesn't make you fat. And my sister was like looking at me like, Alyssa, you're like swollen. Um, so then I knew, okay, I should probably go to a doctor. So um, as many people know, and a lot of our followers um, have these same questions, is it's hard to find a doctor, one, who believes you, two, who like is familiar with kind of like the Lyme world. Um, so I did go to a few doctors who kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Um, and finally found a doctor here in New York. She was a functional, a functional doctor and she tested me and diagnosed me with Lyme disease, SIBO, candida, parasites, and hypothyroidism. Um, so it was like a really crazy feeling because I was almost happy in a sense because I was like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. Like I knew something was off in my body, you know? Um, and it wasn't, it was a freeing in a sense too, because the first time I was like, wow, it was out of my control. It's not something I'm doing wrong. It's not like the wrong diet I'm on or how many calories I'm eating. I'm like, I'm actually sick. And that was in like June. So um, then I just really dove deep into the, my healing journey, which I'm still very much on. Um, I thought it was going to be a few months and I was very wrong. Um, I've accepted the fact where I have no end date and um, I'm learning so much through this process. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been wild, but highs and lows, but mm -hmm. um we're getting there. <laughs> oh, I can't. I mean, our I know you can our, relate. <laughs> our stories are so similar. It's, it's crazy. crazy. And it's actually crazy how many people I've met who have almost an identical story, like even up to having a past of the yo-yo dieting and the disordered eating and a hyper-focus on weight. And then it's like, and then we kind of think everything's okay. And then we get, we mm -hmm. start dealing with mystery symptoms. And there's so many people I've met too that have like the bloating and gut distension and this very like unique mind boggling symptom um, that seems to pertain like very directly to Lyme and co-infections of Lyme. And it is so challenging like to be in this place where you're fighting so hard to practice self-love and acceptance, yet you physically see like your body is changing. Mm -hmm. And you know now, like I I so agree with you. It's like I, when I got diagnosed with Lyme, like I was totally overwhelmed and like, it was a lot, but I was also like crazy thankful because I had gone and seen so many different doctors. Like I have, I think for about three years, like with no resolution, no answer and people totally thinking I'm crazy and telling me my bloating was from weak core strength. And then just doing all these different healing diets with no positive outcome. And so, you know, it, it, yeah, it's, it's great to finally have an answer, but at the same time, it's like, but we still have to deal with it. Um, so, you know, I know we've kind of touched on some of the things like that you 
incorporate into your practice and your, your healing journey, but like, how, it, how has it been for you to like, accept like the changes to your body, like directly from illness and health issues? Like, how do you work through that? Like, is it a day-to-day thing for you? Like what has been your journey with that? Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, you know, I was just talking about like, oh, my spiritual practice and all my like, um, people in my life who, um, you know, have been like teaching me and, um, the meditation and the yoga and all of that, but it really wasn't put to test until just recently. It was like, all right, you were just studying for a few years, Alyssa. And now here is like the big exam. Like you, I have like chronic, chronic bloated. Like my body is just like, will be look distorted. Um, and you know, you're going to love yourself through this. And it's amazing because it's almost like you're like chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at like, you know, the pattern that you want to change or whatnot. And then all of a sudden it's just like crack and it opens. And that kind of how, how that's like how it was for me when I had my diagnosis with the Lyme, because it was just like this eye opening experience of like, oh my gosh, like my poor body, like what she has been through. And like, I really just saw like what I put her through of all of these years of like restriction. And, um, like I call her her cause I, I just, I do that. <laughs> like, um, of like not, you know, just like of diet pills of, or of like just the restricted, you know, eating or the negative talk or whatnot. And then all of those years and then to getting really sick with the Lyme and parasites back, like overgrowth of bacteria. And like, I just feel so much compassion and so sorry for, you know, my body. And then you just have this like deep love for it of like, wow, like what I put her through and she's just like crying for help right now. Like I look at the blow of like, that's just her being like, help me. I'm sick. And like, you can't look at that and think anything other than love if you know, and maybe it was the years of doing that, that I've really like built that foundation to get here. Um, but it's been, um, it's been a really amazing and rewarding journey through this because I felt this sense of freedom around, um, my weight and my appearance. Like, don't get me wrong. I get frustrated <laughs> when I like can't fit into my pants that just like, I get annoyed. I do. And yeah. I'll like, text Maria, my sister. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'll like send her pictures of me bloating and being like, this is so annoying. But there's a difference between just like being frustrated with it because like, you know, or, but, or like actually doing like the deep, like, um, negative talk to yourself, which I, I felt I've been feeling so much freedom around that. So it's been really, it's been good. Um, more good days. I don't want to say good and bad, but <laughs> more good days. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's been like, I think I'm going on month eight and you know, I've just had like a SIBO flare up all week. Like I can't get my bloating down. So, um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. It's frustrating, but yeah. I know that I'm holding space for my body to heal. And, um, you know, I'm continuing to love her nourish her and just provide as much, um, support and again, like space and love that I can through this process. And, um, eventually like I'll get there and maybe I'll write a book or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yes. To reading a book. I say that too. <laughs> I always like, I'm to write a book. <laughs> Yes, 100%. And gosh, I just, yeah, I relate to that so much. And I feel like the universe throws us things when we can handle them. Exactly. So we weren't quite ready yet till we got this big, big whammy. Mm -hmm. And this is like a lesson to everyone too, to like, don't wait till it gets to this point too, to work through stuff. Like you need, you don't want it to get to this place you want to like be proactive about practicing self-love and acceptance and taking care of your body and not punishing your body and being at war at your body because the body doesn't like to be pushed and punished. Like it wants to be taken care of and nourished. And that's why it's like, you know, we're not invincible. Like we can look, we can both look back at our stories and be like, well, I know, no wonder 
this is what we're going through now. Like I look back at everything. I'm like, no wonder, like I see the trajectory of like my entire health journey and I can connect every single dot. I had no idea what was going on then. Like I wish, <laughs> I wish I was listening to this podcast like seven years ago, oh, but podcast yeah. didn't exist. Social media didn't exist. Like we didn't really have anyone. I feel like to look up to, especially cause we kept our issues. So like, um, you know, hidden really, like we didn't probably talk about it with like, I didn't tell anyone really what was going on when I was really going through it. Um, so yeah, I feel like the universe, you know, will wave that flag till we can't, you know, we can't ignore it anymore. And that's why, like, I feel like pain and health issues and very serious stuff can come into our lives, but that's with the caveat of like, gosh, like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, finally going to be the thing to really help me truly do the deeper work and and also like be able to connect with people like even to have you like come on the show or like share with your your spinach rebecca's community and like be able to like we were saying with food in our body like be able to say like look i'm still struggling with stuff you know like he the healing journey is not linear at all and there's always going to be ups and downs and um yeah just knowing like people are human like even people maybe that like look like they have it all together, which so many people do on social media. So I think it's nice for people to have that like role model almost to look up to and just know like, it's okay if you're still going through stuff and you don't have to have it all figured out because you, you never will. Like there's always going to be layers of working through stuff. So I just, yeah, I think your journey is like really amazing. And I love like just how much you've really surrendered to doing the hard work and working on your mindset and your really like because it's a lot like that's why I relate to you it's the food stuff and the body stuff and the Lyme and the gut issues and the bloating it's like it's everything and it can it's feel totally yeah frustrating but you're right like giving ourselves some time maybe like on a bad day I have all those same pictures of my bloat on my cell phone too and just like letting yourself maybe have a moment where like you are completely pissed off and frustrated and you hate everything and you're throwing a fit and you're maybe crying or however, you know, each individual has their outlet. Like let yourself have that, like give yourself full 100% permission to just like throw a tantrum and be pissed off and like all the things. Cause if you let yourself do that, then you can move forward and like actually start having like a productive mindset and treating yourself with love. But it's like, we often don't even let ourselves feel any of that stuff too. So it, it's what we were talking about before with like a balance between like wanting to have these positive feelings and like, yeah, be positive and, and show yourself love. But also like if you're having a bad day, like have that bad day because then you can actually move on and move forward. It's so true. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's like almost <laughs> back to like the ice cream thing when we were just like feeling the feelings before I wanted to order the fryer. Like I still have to continue feeling my feelings in whatever form that comes in, you know? And if, mm -hmm. if it is like frustration and anger and um, about, you know, the diagnosis or whatnot, like again, continue to feel it, breathe through it and then, you know, release it. Um, so yeah, I love that. Throw some things. Yeah. I tell people, I tell my clients all the time, like scream into your pillow. Yeah. Like, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm like, no, yeah, really. I want let it. it out. <laughs> I know it's true. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'd love to talk a little bit going back to, I know that you guys started your, your blog and your Instagram, or did you start the blog? Did you start the blog first? Cause you said you started quite a while ago. Yeah, we start, I think we started before. Yeah. We started the blog first, definitely before Instagram was like a thing. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go into the story? Yeah. I would love to finish <laughs> yeah. for breakfast. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if you've heard of the clean program, like the 21 day clean cleanse. Um, so Maria and I, we, it was like the first year I moved to New York, she was already living here and I didn't know anything about, I just came off of cheerleading, which was like eating a hundred calorie packs and not eating <laughs> period. Um, and so Maria was kind of getting into healthy living and eating. And so she was like, I'm going to try this clean program. It's 21 days. Do you want to, do you want to do with me? So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. So we both started, we needed to have um, a liquid breakfast solid meal and then liquid dinner. So we were like searching the city for like a smoothie or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, screw this. <laughs> so we did it. We found one. 
Um, but long story short, so we did the 21 day clean cleanse. We kind of fell in love with this way of healthy living and we were like, wow, this is so great. We really want to share on the clean cleanse community, um, all of these great recipes that we created. So we, we were like, let's make a website. So we created this kind of like makeshift website. Um, we came up with the idea of spinach for breakfast and we started sharing all of these like really simple, clean recipes that you could cook or use during the clean cleanse. Um, and it was really great. The, the program was wonderful. And we had a lot of our original followers were from the clean cleanse program. Um, but from there, we really wanted to branch out into more of just like a more balanced lifestyle because we were like, okay, we now eat really healthy, but it's not really sustainable because we're both like in our twenties. We live in New York city. I'm dating. She's was at the time like engaged and we're like, it's not necessarily a, a practical way of eating every day. So let's expand our recipes to be a little bit more balanced. Um, potentially maybe throwing in the occasional like goat cheese or whatnot. <laughs> um, so then, you know, expanded our blog. Um, and then from there, we really wanted to get more into lifestyle. So from there expanded into more of like our thoughts on fitness. And um, for me, it was spirituality and mindfulness. And um, then my sister became a new mom. Um, so she was sharing a lot throughout her pregnancy and, you know, um, just anything that we were experiencing in our lives at that time and just really shared it with our community and how we do it in the best way we can and um, incorporating again like a health healthy outlook to all of it so um, that was really all like our on the main website spinach for breakfast and um, once Instagram really started getting popular with the influencers, we figured, you know, we should probably jump on that bandwagon. <laughs> so we created an Instagram accounts, Finish for Breakfast, and um, we've been doing both. Um, so putting a lot of our effort really into now Instagram and the stories because that's so fun. We can really share more of like our personalities and who we are in our different lives. And um, again, my sister, who's a mom and a wife, and um, she cooks dinners every night and she has a little bit more structure. And then, you know, I'm single and dating and order a lot of my food off Postmates, but, you know, healthy options that I'm ordering and, and whatnot. So you can kind of get both of our lives and kind of wherever you're at, I think you can relate to at least something I'm doing or my sister's doing. Um, and we really just try to be like real and relatable and um, kind of just like your friend, you know, like very approachable. Like if you, you know, we get so many messages from so many women, especially in New York City, just like with questions on their own either like recipe questions that they're cooking for their their friends or their husband or you know gut health issues that they have for me and um we just you know we're really proud of the community we created and everyone is just like so kind and so wonderful and we just like absolutely love the spinach for breakfast um community and fam so we're super happy with it and just like excited to continue growing and um expanding like our content and our experiences that that we're going through that's so cool yeah and it's interesting too to hear kind of the evolution and kind of how you guys each have your own areas of expertise and your own personal stories with different things like I feel like your community can probably relate to like you or your sister like no matter what you guys are going through um which is really cool and it's also very unique to work with your sister. So what is that yeah. like? <laughs> I know, we always get this question. Um, it's so, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Me, I, we're best friends. Like, like when it comes down to it, we're so close. We've always been really close. Um, we definitely tell it like it is. Like there's no filter with your sister, right? Like we just are very honest with each other, um, which is a good thing and not always a good thing because obviously like um, sometimes like little things will start to build up and then we'll just have like this huge blowout. <laughs> and for some reason we always have, we don't fight that often, but the few times we fight, it always happens to be when my mom's like visiting. <laughs> yeah. Like, my mom will like start crying. Like, why are you guys fighting? <laughs> but we really don't fight that often. I'm just, it's been like a few times. Um, and, but yeah, we, and we just kind of like learn how each other works. Like my sister is super organized. She's like definitely like, a Scorpio. I'm very, I'm a Pisces. I don't know if you believe in the signs. I'm like a little bit more, I'm like very creative and imaginative. And I have like all these amazing ideas, but sometimes like actually like doing the work <laughs> might not always happen as fast as like my sister, who's very much like 
get it done. Um, but we balance each other really well. And honestly, it's, I, we just feel so blessed that we can do it together. Um, I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else in the world, but my sister. So we have, (laughs) she's your older sister, right? Yes. She's my older sister. And is it just the two of you? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I have, I'm the same thing. I mean, no, we were like, it's yeah. the crazy thing. And she's the exact same way, and she is more of like a settled, consistent life. Like, is more, I guess, like type A personality. Like, has always had like the same job, and now she has her first baby. Yep, and we're like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like the problem child. Me too. Oh my god, that's so my, funny. My mom and sister and I, it's like they always gang up on me. Like it's always a blow fight with like, yep. I totally relate. To I'm like the emotional one like yeah. bawling my eyes out. <laughs> me too. I'm super yeah I'm oh, so yeah. I'm a cancer like okay. like so sensitive, so emotional. Mm-hmm. And but then it's like the other side of that, which is good, is like that's why I'm compassionate and yeah. like vulnerable and can connect with people. But it's a tough, I feel like it's a tough sign to be. And like my sister and mom are not emotional or sensitive at all. So they don't understand like why I get so upset about stuff. And it's oh all- my gosh. Yeah, it's the yeah. same. Yeah. But then we'll like send we like know that about each other now. So we just like you we work it out. It's yeah. just <laughs> yeah well it's inspirational for me to see your good, yeah, your good yeah. relationship with your sister um so what is it like because you have a regular job as well so how do you kind of manage that and what is that like for you to do both yeah um so it's so interesting like I feel like for so long I kept having I kept feeling like I had to choose between one or the other like you know am I gonna pursue my career in real estate or am I going to be a blogger? And it was very much like I was so torn between the two. And like some days I was like, I just want to be a blogger. And some days I was like, you know what? Like, screw it. I love real estate. And I just kept putting the pressure on myself when really in the reality of it, no one was telling me that I needed to choose but myself. Um, So it was really just honestly this past year that I've been like, you know what? I'm going to do both and that's okay. And I'm, and I can, and I think that, I mean, is it a lot of work? Like, for sure it is. Um, but um, it, I don't know, it works for me. I don't want to give up either, and I don't think I have to. And um, if that means like a little bit extra more time on the weekend that I have to put towards the blog or, you know, after hours, you know, I'll, I work all day and then at night, you know, I'll call Maria and we'll work on things for the blog. And she actually does a lot of the heavy lifting for the blog because she's home now. Um, she's a mainly a stay at home mom. She also has her own speech pathology practice, her own private practice, but she can create her own hours. So she does do a lot of the heavy lifting with the blog. So love you, Maria. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> which allows me to put more of my attention into my career for right now. Um, so I think because I have her too to lean on, it works. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to try and ride it out for as long as I can with, you know, juggling the two. I haven't combined them at all because I'm like private with my work, my work life for, um, on the blog, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It's cool, that you have, <laughs> it's cool that you have both. Like you're a real person. <laughs> yeah. And I think it also makes it like people more relatable to to our followers. Cause a lot of like, they all have jobs too. So they're like, okay, that's like, I think you follow a lot of these like bloggers or Instagram influencers and they're like at yoga classes all day or like going to healthy brunches or whatnot. And you're like, well, that's not real life. Like I can't do that. I'm working, you know? And I even feel that way, like following influencers. I was like, oh, you know, that would be really nice if I could go get like a lymphatic massage at noon. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But so it, it, and um, so I think it, yeah, it kind of does make it, a little bit more relatable to the women or men too who have to work and um I totally think so. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, cool. So do you have a, have just like a few fun questions for you? Kind oh. of fun, I guess. I don't know that they're like totally fun. <laughs> but do you have um like a book or a podcast or any kind of things like that that you're loving right now? Yes. Um I mean, I'm so obsessed with podcasts, so, and this is my first one, by the way, ever. It's, you've done amazing, so no one would ever know. <laughs> um, 
So I'm a, currently a big fan of Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. I don't know if you're watching it, but she has this whole series right now with Eckhart Tolle um, Love. Um, so I just think I listen to her every Monday morning. Um, I basically put on a podcast every morning when I'm getting ready for work. And it's just like, I try and put on something that just like raises my vibration, like high vibes, good feeling, just something that just like gets me motivated for the day. It's like my little, like, I just love it. Um, I actually like, I'm not a morning person, but I actually don't mind getting up in the morning because I look forward to putting on my feel good podcast. Um, so yeah, I mean, I highly recommend that. I'm sure many people already listen to it. Um, I mentioned this before, but I just love Marianne Williamson, um, her teachings on A Course in Miracles. She has the book, um, A Return to Love, which was really crucial for me during um, my healing journey and um, just like bringing it back to the self-love and to me and to really like diving deep into um, the root of some of my like disordered eating patterns. And I know it has nothing to do with like disordered eating, but it, for me, it really did. So a return to love, Marion Williamson. Um, and I'm also reading right now and it sounds crazy because the title doesn't sound like it is, but it's called Make Every Man Want You. Have you heard of it? By Marie, by Marie Folio. But it has nothing to do with like make every man want you. It actually has everything to do with like your inner irresistibility, self-love, um, like finding that like inner um, just, I don't know why juiciness wants to come because that's so not the <laughs> word that I want to say, but like just that inner self Vibrancy. Yeah. 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 I love it. Everything, yeah. she, like, everything she says, I'm just like spot on. So those are my things. Um, and then your podcast, of course. Well, I'm obsessed. I no. love every time. Yes. Always. <laughs> Such a fan. I'm like your fangirl. Oh my god, I'm like honored. I slid, it, I slid in the DM, I think. <laughs> you did, I know. And I was like, you listen? Like, hi. <laughs> I love it. It's so, I love what you, like everything you say, it's just like, it's so good. And you connect the, you know, the body image and, and the self-love with the nutrition aspect. And it's just like, again, connecting all the pieces because it's so it's so interconnected and it's all related and it's like, you can't just focus on one thing and not the other. And not many people really look at the whole picture like you guys do. And it's just, it's just so good. It's informative. It's uplifting. It's funny. It's like relatable. I'm like, you girls are awesome. Thank you. I love you too. Um, so what is next for you? Like, do you guys have any big, projects or anything like that coming up with the blog or your Instagram or just even like personally or anything like you're excited about right now? Yeah. I mean, really good question. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, we don't really have anything like, we have things in the future, hopefully near that, like we see ourselves um, doing, like yeah. if it's a podcast or a book Ooh. or like a course or whatnot, we have like all these big you know, ambitions and I, it will get there. I think that, um, I mean, I don't know, like sometimes you maybe, you know how like you look at people and you think you have, they have it all figured out. It's like, yeah. we are just still trying to figure it out. I mean, we had a call yesterday. We we're like, how do you grow followers? Like we're still trying to figure it all out, you know? So, um, I don't know. I think, and actually, you know, that maybe is something we have to focus more on is looking at the bigger picture and not being so focused on like the small nitty gritty things of, of like spinach for breakfast or whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, just continuing to grow and share our stories and our experiences and um, and then personally, like not much, just continuing to heal and go through my healing journey and um yeah, I'm going to Florida this weekend, so I'm excited for that. Get some sun. Fun. Good. But yeah, I don't know. Um, but everything's that's okay. You don't always yeah. have to be, like I don't necessarily have something I'm excited but about. You're getting married. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I am doing that. Um, I won't bore you guys with that. This isn't a. This is not <laughs> about me. I talk too much about her baby and my wedding, so yeah. we won't go there. <laughs> um. But yeah, well, this has been like such a fun conversation and I actually, I want to have you come back and maybe like, I don't know, you'd just be like a good like co-host too. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. Because Allie, I mean, I think by now I'm, 
I would say without a doubt, Allie has probably had her baby by now when this comes out. She hasn't yet in real time. Oh, um, aw, yeah. So, so, but anyway, this was amazing. And I just am so glad that we got to connect and we got to do this. We just have so much in common. So thank you for being open and sharing your story with everyone. I'm sure so many people, it's awesome now that you have, um, a podcast episode to refer people to that talks about your story and, you know, speaking about it this way, I just know so many people are going to connect with you even more than they probably already have. So thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We have awesome, you know, more awesome new interviews coming up. This is really great. So you guys would like to submit a question, you can email us anytime at nutritionishpodcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website and click under the submit a question tab. Please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. It means the world to us. And also be sure to subscribe so that a new episode gets downloaded for you every single week. For more from me, Chelsea, head to nutritionwithchelsea.com and follow me over on Instagram at nutritionwithchelsea. For more from Allie, head to barefoodnutrition.com and follow her at barefoodnutrition. We will link everything that Alyssa talked about today in the show notes. Go follow her at Spinach for Breakfast and her blog, spinachforbreakfast.com, right? Yes. Number four. Number four. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Four breakfast. (laughs) I actually saw your sister posted something last night that said, like, we should have had breakfast. breakfast. (laughs) We always say that. We're like, we don't even eat spinach. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much again, Alyssa. And we'll see you guys soon. Okay. Bye.